buddy. <laughs> I gotta start over. <laughs> Roll sound. Rolling. Sound production. Take two. Hey, everybody. He's Frank. She's Joyce. I'm Howard. No, wait. No, no, no. That ain't it. He's Rico. She's Bates. I'm Coffee. This ain't Hill Street Blues. And don't call it us for an emergency. Call 911. This is Mikey's report. Drew and Ted. Drew, sure, how are you? Wow, that was awesome. <laughs> A little Hill Street Blues for you, Ted. How about Hill Street Blues? You know, that is one of the still all-time favorite TV theme show songs. It is. Of, of personally for me. And it was like the very first, like it came out in the early 80s. I want to say like 82, 83, early, early 80s. Right. And it was like the first like adult themed weekly ongoing drama series that I actually liked. Do, do you know why that might be, Drew Bunting? I'm guessing it might be for the same reason, uh, same reason I liked it, for the lovely Veronica Hamill. No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Ed Marinero. This is yeah! episode 49, and this is Ed Marinero episode, and Ed Marinero was Officer Coffee on Hill Street Blues. Yes, he was. Joe Coffee. What a big signing for them. Get That was like a, a Jared Allen signing for Hill Street Blues in the early 80s. He was like a big star that wanted, you know. Yeah. Never went down as one of the great theatrical legends of our time, Ed Marinero, <laughs> but he, uh, he donned his uh, Hill Street Blues attire after playing for the Vikings for three or four years. He did. What did you think of Ed Marinero as a player? Bud Grant didn't care for him much. He was a lot better at Cornell than he was in the pros. Yeah. He was a dynamic college football player. Really, really good. I mean, he was like Capaletti type of player. I don't think he left it all out on there in the field, Ted. No, he didn't want to smash up his Hollywood good look. And his free agent signing on Hill Street Blues was gathered more news than anything he ever did on the football field. I remember a guy who played for him once said, I walked by and I look over and he was in the bathroom combing his hair with his gear on. Like brushing his hair, and the guy thought, Why do you have to brush your hair to get ready for a game? And that was Ed Marinero. Toons is real big Ed Marinero fan. Uh, was I alive during that time? No. <laughs> no, no. Ruby was born when Ed Marinero was playing his last game for the Seahawks. <laughs> you, you didn't watch Hill Street Blues growing up? No, I did not. I did not watch that. That was pre my time. Oh, okay. You know, I thought Dennis Franz was on that show, and it was NYPD Blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the great Sipowitz? Yeah, Sipowitz. That was a good looked, show, too. Sipowitz was on both. He was on Hill Street Blues and NYPD Blue. Was he a main character on Hill Street no. Blues? No. Oh, he was okay. only on for a, a season. Oh, okay. But when you wear a short sleeve shirt with a tie, you can get away with it. You're Dennis <laughs> Fran. That's great true. choice tonight, Ted. That's Hill Street Blue. I didn't watch a lot of episodes, but it was riveting. It was a big, popular show when I was a kid. It was. And I think it might have been one of the very first weekly drama series that, that kind of hit it big. I mean, like Dallas, and we talked about Dallas earlier, and Hill Street Blues. Those were kind of like the, the first couple or three big-time weekly drama series shows that sort of paved the way for the ones, all the ones we see, all the great TV series we see today were kind of, you can, you can trace your roots Back to those days in the early 80s. Anyway, so we got a whole bunch of Vikings news. And fortunately, it's not the same old stuff we had to talk about during the season. And, and as you know, the Vikings season is over. But the offseason has been as active as the regular season was. We're going to talk about the Zimmer and Spielman firings. 
We're going to talk the 2022 opponents being announced. We're going to delve into that. We're also announcing our contest winners tonight. We're going to pull out our, our season game preview board and just kind of do a season in review, kind of grade all the categories we graded all, all throughout the year, and we're going to finish up with playoff picks. We're not going to do trivia tonight. Trivia will be back, but we got so much to talk about, I don't think we can squeeze trivia in. That's what she said. Aren't you rejuvenated, Ted? Zimmer's gone. Look at your face. Look at everybody. Look at Ted's face right now. He is fired up. He is rejuvenated. And he yeah. is ready to rock. Episode 49. We're glad you're here. We're in for another year for Vikings Report. We've signed our contract with YouTube. Yeah. Getting our $9 a show. Sign the contract, big boy. Sign the contract. <laughs> we are ready to go. And I have to say one thing. What's that? Ted? <laughs> I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you light this little 2022 candle? Light this candle! Light it! He's right. Light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> All right. Best opening in showbiz. I'll tell you what. You, you said rejuvenated, and that is like the only way I can describe how I feel towards the future of this franchise now. And, and I, I hate to say rejuvenated, excited, happy, whatever, because you have to remember two guys got fired. But those two guys also brought it upon themselves. Pack your things. Get out of my building. I was just You're fired! The very first one we're going to talk about is Mike Zimmer. And that was widely expected. I mean, it was sort of kind of coming. You could sort of see this coming in November if the Vikings didn't make a big turnaround. They didn't. They finished under 500 for the second year in a row, first time since 2013, 2014. So Mike Zimmer, he's out. You're fired. Bye-bye. Hasta la vista. Check you later. <laughs> All right, check you later. Gone. <laughs> That's a good compilation right there. So now, obviously, with Mike Zimmer gone, it turns to who's going to replace Mike Zimmer. Yeah. And there are a ton of names that people are throwing out. Some oh. have legs. Some really don't. But some of the more popular names, we'll just go down a list of a few. Brian Dable, the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator. Byron Leftwich, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator. Eric Bieniemy, the Kansas City Chiefs OC. Lane Kiffin is a name that's starting to pop up. I he, saw uh, that today, Lane yeah, Kiffin. The Ole Miss head coach, and he's been around the block in the NFL, down at Alabama for a while, was a head coach at Tennessee. So Kiffikins is around. Not to start any trash talking, but Jim Harbaugh's <laughs> name is getting mentioned. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit because – I want to talk to you about that specifically. Josh McDaniels is a, is a name that's always thrown out by a bunch bunch of people every year. Doug Peterson, the former Eagles coach, is a name another name that's thrown out. And I'm sure there's others that that I haven't mentioned. Drew, do you have a preference right now, and or or a, a a guy? You have your guy for the next Minnesota Vikings head coach. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. You know, I really don't have it nailed down in stone. I haven't done a full-on deep-dive search yet in my brain and in my mind and in my head. I have some ideas right now, but the GM is going to get selected first. Yes. The GM will be selected, and then collectively, hopefully the GM will make a good decision and the Wolves won't, won't 
involve themselves in that. Even though, no, collectively <laughs> they're going to they pick the head coach. So, Mar- yeah, Mark Wolf said it's going to be an internal process. So, I like Todd Bowles. Ted, he had a raw deal in New York with the Jets. Yep. He wasn't given a lot to work with there. He wasn't even allowed to pick his own coaches. I don't. His staff wasn't even his. Yeah, uh, Brian Flores is the name I meant to mention as well. The the surprise firing in Miami. We should probably talk a little about that. I know Josh McDaniels isn't a popular name. Why did you say that name? He took that Denver job in 2009 and it failed. Fell on his face. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. But that was 12 years ago. And people have room to grow in 12 years. I mean, Lord Lord knows I've become a much nicer guy in 12 years. (laughs) (laughs) You serious? I'm able to let people down with their faults. I don't make fun of people. I always let people off the hook. I've learned a lot in 12. I've quieted down in 12 years. Don't forget, McDaniels also accepted the Indianapolis Colts job and then hired some guys, remember, and then he backed out at the last minute and went back to New England, and Frank Reich ended up taking the job. That's a strike against him, but he's been in a really solid situation over there in New England. He's won six Super Bowls. Yeah. He's been a coach for, I think, 2001 was his first coaching job in the NFL, but that might be a name that's not as popular as Kellen Moore and, and uh, you know, the guy from Kansas City that's being thrown around. It's always the same four or five guys that are the hot topic. So talk about Flores a little bit. I'm hearing a lot of weird stories coming out of Miami. Brent Flores, the, the Dolphins coach, kind of a surprise firing after a real short tenure in, in, in Miami. Players are very irritated about it. There was a tweet out there that I think it was from, from Charles Robinson at Yahoo Sports that, that said basically there's, there's a lot of characteristics that are similar between Flores and former Texans head coach and Penn State head coach Bill O'Brien. I know the players are very upset that Flores got fired, but man, if you start comparing a guy to Bill O'Brien and and the absolute disaster of a head coach slash key personnel or main personnel guy he was in Houston, I really got to take a look at that. There's a lot to go over with Flores. I've heard grumblings about, you know, the inner inner turmoil in Tua and Deshaun Watson. He didn't like Tua. Yeah. Tua said in the locker room in front of all the rest of the players, dude, you can't treat people like that. Then I heard the other side that the players love him. There's a lot to sift through with Flores. But all in all, I look at a guy who, who lost seven games and the team didn't quit because he won seven straight after that. Yeah. That means yeah. something. It does. But, but he turned it around and won seven straight, so – that has to be taken into consideration also, that to, that he was able to do that. Just you need to get all the stories straight with him because the last thing you want is the disconnect and arguing. We just went through all that crap. We did. We're going to get to the Vikings culture in a minute right, after we talk about the GMs. Not only Mike Zimmer got fired Monday, but in kind of a surprise move, Rick Spielman was also fired as general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. There was a lot of rampant speculation that Spielman was going to somehow stay with the organization but not have any involvement in player personnel decisions, some non-football title, you know, vice president in charge of picking up the dead birds that hit the stadium or whatever it was. We don't know. It was never really revealed. What is it? Assistant manager to the regional director. (laughs) So effective immediately, I am promoting you from assistant to the regional manager to assistant regional manager. As of last week, I talked to sources. Everybody has sources, don't they? <laughs> and I heard that was 98% done. He was going to move into this other position. He was going to take it. And then I woke up a couple days ago, and they said he was fired too. And I went, 
That's weird. What happened with all, that whole thing? So I saw a tweet that said that in October or November timeframe, the, the Wilfs were thinking about making Spielman like an intermediary between them and the GM that they were going to hire. And somehow that started as the Vikings. I don't know if it was because they were losing or negotiations of what Spielman's next job was going to be deteriorated. That didn't happen. And I guess if Rick Spielman thought that's what his job was going to be and then they told him, no, we're not going to do that, we're just going to go ahead and fire you. Because really, honestly, if you would have a GM, a guy above the GM, and then the owner, that's like a level of bureaucracy that only the federal government could be proud of. Like, tell me you're thinking about becoming the federal government without actually becoming the federal government. Just putting layer upon layer of bureaucracy. And nobody would have liked that, at least from other than Spielman's family and Rick Spielman, because that would have just put Spielman still involved in somewhat in the in the football decision-making process. And it would have been very easy to say that whoever the Vikings would have hired as a GM would have been Rick Spielman's yes man. Which was my conspiracy. So I woke up thinking, oh, they heard about the Drew conspiracy. They're pulling back from that because they know people are going to find out that he's really pulling the strings or something. I don't know. I don't even know why you'd have to have that position. You don't. That's just it. And I'm glad they did. Like you talked about more than once on this show that, look, the Vikings had to just get rid of Spielman and Zimmer to just get rid of this gloom that's hanging over the franchise. And that's kind of why I'm I'm happy because the Vikings have done that. And and the Will said in a statement, look, we are committed to bringing championships to the state of Minnesota. And that's cool. So your actions speak louder than words. And this was a positive action in that direction. Spielman was going to be set up for this new position. At the last second, something changed. Was it him who said, well, if I'm not going to have any say or whatever, I'm walking away? Or was it the Wilfs when the clock struck tw- t- 12 at the last second? Did they say, you know what? We need to tear this down to the nubs. Do you want my completely wild Reckless, abandoned, no sources, no inside knowledge, just pure opinion. Ted, that's why you work here, because of that <laughs> abandonment, that reckless abandon that you have, that throw caution to the wind. Hi there, students. In English, we have a phrase to throw caution to the wind, to take caution if you like, and throw it into the wind. Ted Glover! The Wills, before they bought the Vikings, were lifelong Giants fans. They brought in Bill Parcells as an advisor to them. I would bet you anything, because Parcells is a straight-shooting guy. If you get your feelings hurt, that's too bad. What the f*** are you doing staying 10 yards in the backfield? Get up on the line! Don't you know how much time's on the clock? You almost cost us a chance, son! I'm sure he told them, look, you can't have that kind of split leadership in the front office. You have to have a coach that knows who he answers to. And if you had something like that, you would have a coach that really, he gets two contradicting opinions on on one subject from two guys that are both above him. What does he do? You you have to have a unified voice. You have to have a unified direction. And and that type of thing is not acceptable. And he probably threw in the old, a triangle of authority reference that was really not all that effective you know, when the Wills first took over. It would not surprise me if it comes out later that Bill Parcells would have told the Wills, he either stays or he completely goes. You can't have your cake and eat it too. No, because he sucks you guys in. He hears everything I say. Okay, and he can tell me three weeks from now what I said today. Right, and I think they made the right decision by firing him. As we get into this, and as we talk about this, I was thinking about this earlier in the day when I was on my walk. 
I do a lot of thinking when I'm on my walk, Dad. Do you watch for traffic? Make sure you don't get hit by a car. I do not. Although, a guy got hit, <laughs> hit on his bike last year in the middle yeah. of the road. I ran out there and was helping him. He was pretty hurt pretty bad. Yeah. Cars were whizzing by me like three feet past me, not even slowing down. Are you serious? And I'm trying to cover him from getting run over. Wow. Cars are whizzing by me. As they're whizzing by me, I'm flipping the bird and yelling. And then finally somebody stopped and made like a, a barricade for me, but there was probably 20 cars just they were they're honking at me. What are you doing out there <laughs> helping that guy? Now I forgot what I was gonna say. GM. The Vikings have been all right, Spielman 16 years. Zimmer, eight years. Yeah. The last two years, the Vikings are <sighs> go to work, let's do the same, give him a paycheck. Good morning, Sam. Oh, oh, morning, Ralph. Uh, have a good day. Let's go to work. Yeah. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Kirk Cousins, 33 and 29 overall. He's a 500 quarterback. We're mid-range. Seven and nine. Let's just go. Let's just say it's good enough. Hi, how you doing? Let's have lunch today. All just molasses, slow-mo. That's what it's been, man. Just just everybody going through the motions. You can't go through the motions keeping a guy that was part of the gloom. You can't. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. And I think that's why he's out, is they realize, if we're going to do a fresh start, let's do a fresh start. Because the last two years, Ted, there's been nothing exciting about this team. Except for Justin Jefferson. Yeah, there, there really hasn't been. And, and it had become kind of an adversarial relationship between Spielman and Zimmer, and they weren't on the same page. I think they were very much in sync and in focus on what they wanted to do and what their vision was for the team until after the 2017 season. And then came the off-season quarterback decision. Kirk Cousins, you stay in-house, what do you do? And that is when the fork in the road hit. And you can sort of tell the Vikings have been a different team from 2018 until today from when they were from 2014 to 2017. There is a clear delineation there. And that is, in my belief, my belief is that is when the relationship between Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman went south. Think when he got cousins, Zimmer wasn't a cousin guy? No. Even though he agreed in the room of 10, you hear Courtney Cronin talking about that story about the 10 people. We're either going to agree on it or we're not going to sign them. One person doesn't want to do it. We won't do it. He agreed to it, but I don't think he's been on board with Kirk Cousins. No. I think Spielman told him, I'm GM. We're going to get Cousins. You're going to do it my way. Yep. And then I think he spited him even further with Mond. I don't think Mike Zimmer wanted Kellen Mond at all. I think that it not only spilled over with Mond, I think other young guys that that Spielman maybe said we're going to take over Zimmer's, I want this guy instead. Or Spielman traded down and didn't get a guy Zimmer wanted, and they ended up picking up a dude later. There There was a lot of discontent, I think, at the end between Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. But they're now, they're both gone. Who's your guy for GM? Do you, do you have a guy that you want for, for the new general manager for the Vikings? I got a couple names I really like, and then I got a couple sleepers that are the guys I like that probably won't get it. All my guys are assistant GMs, Ted. I don't mm-hmm. have any retreads on my list, and there's a good reason for that. Young guys who come in, get their first GM job, they're hungry. Yep. They're hungry. They want to win. And they will stay up at night to figure out the best roster, the best philosophy, the best guys to figure out mismatches, the best head coach. GMs in their first year as GM are hungry. Yep. That's why I don't have any retread. And I know coaches get all the credit. GMs are important. They're they very important huge, to the team. Huge. They're huge. But they, the important thing is to be on the same page. And maybe that's why we're doing both the hunt for the GM and the coach. If you look at all the teams that were in the Super Bowl, they all have really good players, but they all have really good GMs. I mean, the teams that are in the tournament to play for the Super Bowl this year, the playoff mm-hmm. teams. 
My first guy is Ed Dodds, the assistant GM for the Colts. <clears throat> he interviewed last season for the Lions job, and they passed him up and hired somebody else. I, think, I can't remember his name, Helms or something. I don't think it was Leona Helms. I think it was Brad something, Brad Phelps. Leona, <laughs> <You know? laughs> Leona <laughs> Helmsley, stop it. Uh, Dodds interviewed for the Lions job. They didn't take him. Okay. Somebody is going to get him. I think this is the year he goes to be a GM for somebody. He's one of the most respected guys in the league for evaluators of football. Really smart football guy. He's been with Andy since 2017. I love what he's done with that Colts O-line, getting Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame and also getting Ryan Kelly, the center from Alabama, two guys I had slated as number one on my big board. He would be probably my number one at this point. I want to mention Joey Schoen from Buffalo. He's been the right-hand man to Brandon Bean there in Buffalo. They've mm -hmm. been a really good two-man attack for GM with uh, Brandon Bean and Joey Schoen. He was instrumental in getting uh, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Singletary. He was really big on building what Buffalo's got right there. So that's a guy, again, hungry, young guy. Who else you got? Mike Borgonzi of Kansas City. This guy is the Kansas City Chiefs guy that they're trying to keep under wraps and keep a secret to. Okay. Because he is a super talented evaluator. He's got his fingerprints all over what the Chiefs have done. The Chiefs are now considered a dynamic team in the NFL. I have one more on my list. Queasy Adolfo Menza, Ted. He's the vice president of football operations with the Cle Cleveland Browns. He is more of a financial guy. I don't know if he's up on the football end of stuff, but in terms of uh, finances, commodity trader, economics major, this dude knows that whole end of it. Now, if he doesn't know the football end, of course, he has no shot. But this could be a guy that works with Brzezinski, who's already the best in the business. Yeah, I think so. And we, we would have no problem ever having a salary cap problem with a guy like this. Plus, his name is Queasy. So I thought it'd be really cool on Sundays to say, because <laughs> I'm Queasy. <laughs> I'm Queasy like Sunday morning. No, uh, yeah. no, that, that, that will not be allowed if he becomes a GM. <laughs> and like I said, I don't have any old GM retreads. All my guys are new. It's not like it would be a, a completely foreign job for them. I only have two guys right now, and you mentioned them both. I like Adolfo Metzler from Cleveland, and I like Joe Schoen from Buffalo as assistant GM. And for me, kind of my dream job, my not dream job, but dream scenario would be Schoen and Dable, Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator, kind of coming over together as a package deal. Now, this is assuming they get along and all that kind of stuff because you look at what Schoen did in, in a getting players to Buffalo and what Brian Dable has done in developing Josh Allen as a legitimate NFL quarterback. I mean, when he came out, he was, he was not – I didn't think he was a very good quarterback. I think he had terrible mechanics. He had a pretty sorry completion percentage in a non-Power 5 conference, and they have made him – a very good quarterback. And and whatever the Vikings do with Kirk Cousins in 2022, long range, they are going to have to think about the guy after Kirk. And I want two guys that are on the same sheet of music that will go out and get the quarterback they want and not only get the guy that they want, but a guy that they can develop as and, and they have a proven track record of doing. Those are my two guys right now for GM and head coach. That's interesting that you paired them up from the same team. I never really thought of that. That's probably a smart idea because you're probably a little bit ahead of the game. When you're doing a seeding on a chart, Dable is probably number one, right? His name is mentioned a lot, yeah. Now, I want to talk about Jim Harbaugh for a minute. You know, his name kind of pops up every year, but there, there seems to be more smoke this year than in years past. And I, I would think 
Well, there's there's two sides to this argument. For for me, thinking he will not go, he he finally beat Ohio State. He finally won the Big Ten. He went to the college football playoff. So he finally accomplishes his goals, and he has everything set up. Recruiting is inching up. It, the, the recruiting has never been bad under Harbaugh, but it's getting better. He's turned it up, and it's getting pretty doggone close to that Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State level. And he can compete with Ohio State now. So I would think this would be, in, in a lot of ways, the worst time for him to leave. But the absolute flip side to that argument is that people say that is this is the perfect time for him to leave because he beat Ohio State. He won the Big Ten, and he went to the college football playoff. He accomplished what he set out to do at Michigan, so it's time to go back. You are a Michigan fan. You you bleed maize and blue. What are your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh? I think he stays. I've thought about that all along. A lot of the reasons that you just said. He's been through a lot of turmoil there. A lot of people, even the Michigan backers, have thrown him under the bus the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. This was a year that he finally did what he wanted to do. He's been waiting to do that a long time. I still don't think he's going to leave. The concerning thing to me is that he's not come out publicly and said, I'm staying. I would love to hear a press conference of him saying, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. But a lot of the college football battle is done with recruiting. And this year, Jim Harbaugh finally knocked down the big brick wall that's been holding them back. Michigan's recruiting from here forward is going to go crazy good. He had the ninth best recruiting class, and that's only going to get better. He's done all this stuff to finally get where he wanted to be with Michigan, and he's only going to enjoy that for one season and then walk away. That seems weird to me. I don't want him to leave. I want him to stay at Michigan. Now, now him and Ryan Day got a chance to bring back the Bo and Woody days. I mean, Yeah, they, they, they really do. There's genuine animosity and dislike. I mean, Harbaugh took some shots at Day. Day's taking some shots at Harbaugh. The rivalry has amped up, and I, I would hate for that to just kind of kind of go away all of a sudden. I hope Harbaugh stays. And you see on Facebook, he's interested in the Bears job. If you're running Michigan, why the hell do you want to go to your Bears job? And don't tell me it's because he played there. Yeah. Some of, he hates those years. Fourth quarter, it's 20 to 7. You think Mike isn't annoyed? Don't ever call a play again. Don't you start to don't do it. <laughs> and can't stand his time with the Bears. He hated it. If you want to talk about a past team he loves, it was Indy. It wasn't the Bears. He hated being in Chicago. He has no ties to that city, and he can't stand anybody there. He's not going. He's, I don't know where he's not going. He's not going there. Uh, you know, but he, he was very successful in the NFL. He went he to the was. Super Bowl as the 49ers head coach. I think he had the 49ers in the NFC Championship game two or three different times. I'd have to look that up. But he was very successful at Stanford, very successful at San Francisco, been very successful now at Michigan. I, I could see why rumors for Har- about Harbaugh going back to the NFL are there, but I'm kind of with you. I, I would think now that he finally has everything set up in Ann Arbor that he, he set out to do, he would want to just improve upon that and not only get to the college football playoff, but win it and kind of get a streak going against Ohio State, which he's not going to do. I mean, he's not. No, he's going to do it. He's going <laughs> to turn it around and win five straight. There are three GM gigs open. The Giants, the Vikings, and the Chicago Bears. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven NFL head coaching jobs. Giants, Vikings, Bears. Denver, Miami, Las Vegas, and Jacksonville, the last two teams who fired their coaches in season. <laughs> so if you're a GM and you get offered, you're Drew Bunning, prospective GM <laughs> candidate, and you have been offered all three jobs, the Giants, the Vikings, or the Bears, put your homer hat away, which GM job is the most attractive right now, do you think? Vikings. Seriously, without no homer, no purple sunglasses. Oh, no, no sunglasses, no nothing. And by the way, I'd make a damn good GM. That's insane. Is it? No, you wouldn't. Hey! 
Keep going. Imagine me at the press conference throwing <laughs> no. F-bombs out there. I would take Minnesota is by far the most attractive. Best best roster. Yeah, the Giants are a hot mess. Let's, I mean, they have they have a quarterback in Daniel Jones that just has not panned out. Their roster doesn't have a whole lot of talent that you can look at. Well, I mean, you've got Saquon Barkley. But, man, if you're just kind of a casual fan, there's not anything that draws you to the Giants that says, you know what? No. In a year or two, this team can be pretty good. Hell no. Now, a lot of people would say the Chicago Bears job is more attractive because of Justin Fields. And you have a young quarterback, a lot of people who think is going to be good. He just had a, a crappy rookie year because of Matt Nagy and a lot of different things. And they've got some talent. they got David Montgomery. They've got a couple of good receivers. Their defense maybe kind of be going through a transition a little bit with you know, they had Khalil Mack and, and a bunch of guys that looked like they might be moving on or hurt or whatever. But there's some talent there that you could look at if you're a GM and say, look, I got I got Justin Fields. I got David Montgomery. I got Allen Robinson the second. I, I, can, I can work with this. We'll say the Bears probably have a more enticing deal with the quarterback. You got Justin Fields compared to the conundrum you got with Cousins. Yeah. That might be the only thing that somebody would lean towards Chicago for, but that's just one player. I think this is why the the Vikings job, GM job, might be a little bit more attractive because in Monday's press conference where Mark Wolf announced the firing of both Mike Zimmer and and Rick Spielman, he was asked this question. Did Kirk Cousins' large cap hit hinder the Vikings' chances? Mark Wolf said, and I quote, I don't want to be, to use the phrase, a Monday morning quarterback on this situation because we have to look forward. We are going to bring in the right people to help evaluate the answer to that question. Now. Tell me Kirk Cousins isn't going to be the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings next year without telling me the Vi- that Kirk Cousins isn't going to be the Vi- Minnesota Vikings quarterback next year. I think that statement by Mark Wolf said plainly to any prospective GM, we are going to sit down and discuss Kirk's future, and if you want to move on from him, you give me a good argument, we will move on from him. How can you go forward with a guy that uses 20% of your cap that's not worth 20% of your cap? Let me answer that as a prospective coach. Because if you've got Kirk under contract for next year, and assuming they keep him, they're going to have to restructure him. I don't think you can keep a $45 million cap hit on the books. But you still have Justin Jefferson. You still have Dalvin Cook. You've got two really good offensive tackles in Brian O'Neill and Christian Derrissaw. There's a bevy of third-round picks that might actually not suck with the new coaching staff. But we don't know. Right. Because Mike Zimmer never played him. You've got issues on defense that absolutely need to be fixed. But you have an offense that if you unleash the dragon, can be one of the most potent in the NFL. Are you talking about with Cousins all this? I I am. Yes, I am. That's the same thing we both said last February. Look what you can have. You can unleash all that stuff you just said. We already went through all that, though. When you talk about the Vikings culture, you ended up the last couple years under Mike Zimmer of people afraid to do anything that would piss him off. If you have a 9- or 10-year veteran in Kirk Cousins that is too scared to make an audible to get Justin Jefferson a, a receiving record, for example, late in the game, that tells me that maybe a new coaching staff, if, if you can't find a trade partner and have to work with Kirk, could actually unleash that potential. I'm not saying keep him. I'm just saying as a prospective head coach, if I'm told I have to work with him, I would much rather work with him over, l- let me let me rattle these guys off. Daniel Jones, Tua, whatever's going to be in Denver, Teddy or, or Drew Locke, maybe Justin Fields would be more attractive as a coach. Craig Morton. I think Craig Morton's going to be there this year. <laughs> Derek Carr, maybe, in Las Vegas would be more attractive. And then Sunshine Spicoli down in Jacksonville. I, he, he might be a deal. 
But of all of those guys, all those guys, the, the, the younger dudes are potential. And you've got a proven veteran in Kirk. Now, I want to talk about Kirk later. I can see the argument as a head coach. So does the Vikings head coaching gig make that the most attractive job? Or does the potential to get a new quarterback in line with your new GM make that job as a head coach more attractive? I think the potential to get a new quarterback is. Kirk Cousins, how much is he willing to do for the team? It has to be a restructure. What if he says no? What do you do with him? If he says no, then you almost have to trade him. And if I was him, look, I've said this before. If I was him, I wouldn't restructure. You gave me the money. Money situation with Kirk Cousins is not Kirk Cousins' fault. You want to blame somebody, blame your organization for handing him that money. Now, whether he's worth it, that's a whole different argument. But I'm sick of hearing, hey, Kirk Cousins, he doesn't want to restructure his contract. He's not a leader. You wouldn't give back the money either. <laughs> so for me, though, the Vikings job is is the most attractive. If I'm an incoming GM and I'm an incoming head coach because I get to pick my quarterback and I get to, if I'm a GM, I get to trade Kirk. Because look, man, Mike Zimmer said it in 18. If, if we get this wrong, I'm going to end up getting fired. And that's exactly what happened. And sure. you ended up getting it wrong. And you can talk about Kirk Sats. We're gonna. I'm, I got. I got some stuff I want to throw down about Kirk when we get to our our season review. I think the Wills are gonna hire the one guy that gives them the best plan to move Kirk in terms of who do I think I can call and what do you think the most draft picks are? What what type of package can you get for Kirk? Do you think? And tell me why you think you can get that package and how much money can we take off of our salary cap and who and most importantly. Who are you going to bring in in 2022? Are you going to draft a guy? Are you going to bring in a Gardner Minshew? Are you going to bring in somebody else and then get a draft in 23? Tell me what your plan for quarterback is because the jackass I just had here for 10 years blew sunshine up my ass and sold me on Christian Ponder and Kirk Cousins, and I'm done with it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine up your ass. That's very well said, Ted. If we're going to start fresh and you're going to get rid of Spielman and Zimmer, you got you got to trade Cousins. Oh, wait, wait. I got a phone call. Okay, it's Pittsburgh, Ted. <laughs> Pittsburgh just called. I'm going to pass along what they said. All right. They said it very quickly. And you like my uh, phone? It looks like a Post-it note. Yeah, it does. Must be one of those new LGs. Pittsburgh called and said, we'll give you Mike Tomlin straight across for Kirk Cousins. No, I, I'm not going to do that because I want the GM to pick the coach. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I love Mike Tomlin. He said no. He said no. <laughs> but no, I don't think so. So whoever the, the GM and the coach is that's hired by the Vikings, they've got these following 2022 opponents. The, the Once the season ended, the 2022 opponents were announced. The home games, of course, are the Bears, Packers, Lions. They also have Arizona, the Dallas Cowboys, Indianapolis, New England, the Giants, and the Jets, both New York teams. Their away games, obviously, Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay. They also have Buffalo, Miami, New Orleans, Philadelphia, and Washington. What do you think of the schedule? Just kind of initial knee-jerk reaction. Uh, there's some gimmies on there, but it's kind of a tough schedule. I mean, yeah. you see some of these teams are going to be getting a lot. Buffalo, Miami, those are two really good teams. All the divisional games, there's probably not too many gimmies in there anymore. Philly's getting better. Washington's getting better. The Giants and Jets are still going to suck, probably. But those are, those are really the only two gimmies on there, are there? Six playoff teams, seven playoff games, obviously playing the Packers twice. Four of their home games are, are against 2021 playoff teams, Arizona, Dallas, Green Bay, 
New England. If Indianapolis hadn't Carson West it on Saturday and lost to the Jags, unbelievable. Yeah, they'd have been going to the playoffs. I'm not giving you a record right now. I'm going to give you the standard answer I give every time the opponents come out uh, and when the schedule is set. I don't see a loss on the schedule. Ted. I don't see a loss on the schedule. (laughs) Just like MTAC when Gibbs. Gibbs? How teams look right now generally differs a lot from how teams look when the next season starts. And as, and as the season progresses, how teams look from the beginning of the season towards the middle of the season towards the end of the season. There's a lot to look at between now and the summertime. We joked a lot on this show during the season that the Vikings were three or four plays away from being a 10 or, <laughs> 10 or 11 win team. And when you look at a vast majority of the offensive players coming back or, or most of the offensive players coming back, or at least the core guys, Jefferson, Cook, O'Neal, Dara saw the offensive line got a little bit better. You can talk yourself right now, and again, free agency and the draft has to happen and all that. You can talk yourself into, give me a good coach, a good coaching staff, and a GM that knows what the hell they're doing and doesn't trade down for every seventh-round pick in, in the NFL draft and get some quality players in here right away. This could be a good football team. I truly believe that. Ed, this is just me talking because I'm the only one here. The Minnesota Vikings are set up better than all those teams. I think they are, yeah, especially when you look at the GM jobs available, Chicago, the Giants, and the Vikings, yes. And people need to know when they're watching the show tonight that we believe that the Vikings are still right there. I think the Bears are closer than the Giants. I think it depends on who the Bears' next coach is and what that guy can do with Justin Fields. I mean, because I think Justin Fields is right on the edge. I think he can either become a really good quarterback or he can get David Card and get just get beat to hell and start seeing shadows and get out of the league in five or six years. But – that Bears coach has to be coming, has to be willing to come in, embrace Justin Fields, and set up an offense around him. Sure. Make your offense Justin Fields based, not what Matt Nagy was doing this year. But when you look at the schedule, especially before the combine and free agency, we have the draft to look at. Everybody's got good players. Yeah, it's the NFL. Everybody's good. You know, you don't get like Ohio State get to play Youngstown State and then North Dakota and stuff. You don't get all that in the NFL. You don't get to pad your schedule and your stats playing a bunch of cupcakes and live on the East. Yeah, yeah, Michigan, you know, you're Michigan, you don't get to play Toledo every year. So the Vikings have two monumental hires coming up, and that is going to determine in, in more ways, many more ways than the players they pick, who the quarterback is. Those two hires are going to determine the trajectory of this franchise for the next five to ten years. Because if they get a great hire at both positions, this team is going to rock it up because they've got talent and they can go right to the top of the NFL. If both of these hires or one of them flame out, then we're going to be talking about this again in three or four years, and it's going to have to start it over. We talk about the GM tonight because, like I said, the GM's going to be hired before the head coach, everybody. So that's kind of what we're focusing on. How much of that $11 million salary cap hole are you worried about as a GM walking into this? If you can find a, a team to trade Kirk Cousins to, your cap is a lot better. Depending on how much salary you would have to eat, yeah, 10 to $15 million under the cap, with just that one move. There's a couple other player personnel moves you can make. You know, nobody wants to talk about Harrison Smith not coming back, but he has no guaranteed money. You make him a post-June 1 cut, and you're saving another 10 or $11 million, I think it is. So every year within a couple moves, you, you have to be courageous. and You have to be willing to say, look, we got to do this to get better in the long run. And if, and if you can sell it to the fans, they'll buy it. 
Is it safe to say to some of these Vikings fans watching, you're not getting some of your guy, favorite guys back? You, you can. It's a foregone conclusion. You're going to lose some good players. I mentioned Harrison Smith. Adam Thielen's a possibility. Barr, that's some we, money off the a, books, right? Anthony Barr does, has no guaranteed money, and they can void his contract after this year. That's almost certainly going to happen. There are you know, a couple other players on either side. But then when you look at the guys below Adam Thielen, we were petrified about the wide receiving core coming into this season, but look how well K.J. Osborne played. And at the last game of the year, Amir Smith-Marset went over 100 yards. So there's talent there now. So I'm excited about our young depth. I, I, I am too. I, it's it's going to be interesting. So be patient. There's a lot coming. But, yeah, these these two next hires are, are very, very important. Fun show tonight, Ted. It's nice to not talk about the doom and the gloom and the Vikings blowing yes. another lead. And it's it's optimistic, finally. I, I mean, to me, there's there's optimism moving forward with the Minnesota Vikings franchise. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. So a lot of news coming. We're going to cover it all in the coming weeks and months. But right now... We're kind of on the same sheet of music as Realistic Randy is, so we'll take the, take it out of here with this segment with a with a couple of cl- clips of Realistic Randy. And this dude, Rick Spielman, has the need to want to appear smarter than everybody else. Well, here's an idea for you. Why don't you go outsmart yourself somewhere else? You know what I find so funny, Zim? Going back to your bum ass. In a meaningless regular season, week 18 game, Vikings are already out of going to the playoffs. They're not going to make it. You were hell-bent on playing your starters because you suck ass at developing young talent. (laughs) Here we go. The fun continues, boys and girls, because now it's time to announce our contest winner. Now, we're going to do something kind of cool, I think. We have a, a secret correspondent squirreled away in an undisclosed location. Um, and because we said, we said at the beginning of the season, if we had any ties, we had to go to the bag of cornucopia. So this secret agent and the undisclosed location is holding the bag of cornucopia because both of our contests, both of them had ties for first place. For the nobody cares about your fantasy segment, GMAX72 and Andrew Erickson both tied with 10 wins. Congratulations. When we reveal our special agent that will pick the winner out of the bag of cornucopia, the winner will get the set of Vikings cards and the, and the flask, and second place gets the Justin Jefferson plaque. We had three people tie for our over-under contest with, with seven correct selections. Doc Proto, Dan Lee, and Brian Hannum all had seven. So, again, when their name is selected out of the bag of Cornucopia, that one solitary winner wins $100 gift certificate to NFLProShop.com. Now, I believe we got the satellite uplink hooked up. We are going to our undisclosed location. Special Vikings Report agent, Princess, take it away and tell us who the winners are. Here we go. Here is the drawing between Andrew Erickson and GMAC. Princess? Come on. Make your pick. What'd she pick? Okay, she dropped it. Drew, what'd she get? Andrew Erickson is the winner. Woo! 
All right, next is the drawing for the $100 gift certificate to NFLshop.com for the over-under contest that went all season. Princess, are you ready? All right, come and take a pic, princess. Come take a pic. Ready? Come on. Pick one. Who'd you pick? Dan Lee is the winner. Woo! Good job, princess. All right, there we go. That was well done right that there. That was awesome. All right. Now it's how the professionals do it, Ted. <laughs> you don't get a lot more professional than we do right here on Viking Report, folks. So congratulations to our, our two contest winners. We're going to take a little bit of a game break. It's been something we've been doing all season. But fear not, we've got more games coming uh, in the offseason. And as we approach the draft, we'll have giveaways on draft night for our live shows. The fun is just starting. Ladies That's right. And All we right. got a lot in store for 2022. Yeah. So right now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then Drew and I are going to break out the big board one last time. And we're going to give you our Minnesota Vikings 2021 season grade. So let's hit that commercial. McDonald's Big Mac, it's more than just another hamburger. There are two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions on a sesame seed bun. Seven great ingredients working together to make one great taste. Two all-beef patties, special sauce, cheese, lettuce, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Get the idea? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. It's your McDonald's Big Mac. You've got to taste it to believe it, you know what I mean? Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two all-beef patties... Let me say a few words about McDonald's Big Mac. It's a, it's, it's... Two whole beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Two whole... Well, what was that word again? Two whole beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun. Lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, lettuce, cheese, pickles, Oh, what am I saying? You deserve a break today at McDonald's. Where your dollar gets a break every day. Let's lose that appendix. Mother, I'm home! Time to beat me spicy butterfly! <laughs> I gotta get out of here! Never do a slim Touchdowns to the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings getting the ball first in the third quarter. The return, Bidelli. And the speed. And Kane Wongwu is gone! 97 yards for the rookie. Welcome back to the Vikings Report season recap. 
what we're going to do, if you've, if you've watched us, we have our big board weekly game preview segment. We broke it down into a bunch of categories. Drew and I are going to move off to the side, and Ruby's going to put up our big board for one last time. As you can see, we've got all the categories, and instead of talking about which team is better this week, we're just going to give the Vikings, we're just going to review the Viking season position by position. And we're going to start off with quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Very statistically good 2021 season. Drew, what, what do you give for a grade for Kirk? Statistically, he was very good. He seems yeah. like he always is. Mm-hmm. I give Kirk Cousins a B. All righty. Just a solid B. No B plus, no B minus, just a B. Because I think until he takes control of his offense and says, we're not running a halfback dive on third and 12, rather than just running it, mm-hmm. that does, that'll never get you an A with me if you're not going to take control of your own team. With the J.J. thing last Sunday, he should have just disregarded. Zimmer's getting fired anyway. Why are you listening to him? Mm-hmm. If he could take more control of the team, I add that up with, I guess that's leadership. You add the leadership in there with the statistics, you can get an A. But if he doesn't have that, I think get with me as a B. I gave him an A statistically. I gave him a D for leadership. And I don't care who you are. The, the, the one thing that the, the folks that back Kirk Cousins say Statistically, he's a great quarterback. Somebody brought up this statistic, and I thought to myself, oh, wow. Do you remember the 2009 season with Brett Favre going to the NFC Championship, that team? What a fun year. What a fun team that was. Kirk Cousins and Brett Favre had almost the exact same statistics in terms of yards. They were within like 20 or 30 yards passing. They both threw for 33 touchdown passes. Favre threw, I believe it was nine interceptions. Cousins only threw seven. I think Kirk statistically was a little bit better. But there's a category you can't measure, and it's called leadership. Now, Kirk Cousins wears the captain's patch on his jersey, but like 20 other guys on the team do. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting somebody who wears the captain patch on an NFL team. It's not just the Vikings, it's the NFL. Kirk Cousins is not a leader. You know, I was having a conversation with the great Flip Mozzie on Twitter today about leadership. And you look at Brett Favre and Kirk Cousins in terms of leadership, they're 180 degrees out. That 2009 team would have played a football game in the middle of hell for Brett Favre. This 2021 team, I don't think, would walk across the street and get Kirk a Coke at the Costco. I, I, I just don't, man. I don't think so either. And you can't measure that. You PFF does not have a numerical value you can attach to leadership. Therefore, Kirk Cousins must be a good quarterback. Right. I'm sorry, you mentioned Gardner Minshew a little bit ago. That is a guy I think guys would run through a wall for. And I think if somebody like a defensive lineman gave Gardner Minshew a push that looked just slightly, slightly inappropriate, his offensive lineman would go and, and just like curb stomp this dude. Because guys want to play for a dude like Gardner Minshew. There is a, a quality that you cannot quantify that Kirk Cousins does not have. And that is part of the problem with this football team that has started since 2018 with the disconnect between Zimmer and Spielman and Cousins. Can you imagine being Zimmer being the fiery dude he is, having to deal with Milk Toast Kirk as his quarterback? Right. I don't know. That's just me. So if you add all that in with Kirk Cousins, you give him all that ballsiness and leadership over his whole career. He'd be one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the NFL. He might be one of the top ten ever. He would have never come to Minnesota because the Redskins would have signed him to a huge extension. Yeah. He's got all the talent in the world, man. Right. He just, he does. But he's stuck in his ways. He, he is. is. What he is. 
He is. All right. Running game. I gave the running game a solid B this year overall. What about you? I have a B overall grade for my the running backs myself. I thought, you know, Madison, you know what you get with him, but he mm-hmm. certainly wasn't a slouch. But Cook had kind of a down year, it seemed like, with the injuries. But overall, the running game was better than average. I gave him a B, too. Yeah. Receiving game. What'd you give the receiving game this year? I gave him an A, Ted. I did, too. Because if you look at the receivers, I mean, with Thielen and Irv Smith pretty much gone after a certain point of the season, well, Irv Smith for the whole season, mm-hmm. um, and Thielen later, and you know, he missed the, what, last four or five, eight weeks or whatever, mm-hmm. the backups really stepped up. And yeah. if you put uh, even Marset there at the end in the Bears game, Marset and Osborne and the job Conklin did filling in for Irv Smith. Yeah. The Vikings receivers get an A. With Jefferson, you don't need to talk about him. He's the best in the business. So. Yep. You, you said it as well as, as well as I could have said it. I gave it the exact same grade. Offensive line. I thought I saw some improvement there at times this year. Still not consistent. Still not great in pass protection. That first half against the Bears was absolutely abysmal. It was the absolute worst that we've come to expect from the Vikings offensive line. Run blocking wasn't too bad. Pass protection did improve. I'm giving them overall a C minus, though. What about you? I have them down for a C minus. It's also the same grade I have the offensive line down for. They made some improvement, certainly better the first half of the season than the second half of the season. But overall, they're still soft, Ted. They're not tough. Yeah. They're not tough like the Ed White and those guys. I mean, that's the kind of toughness you want from your O-line. You want an O-line that's tough and scrappy, and they still get run over. They do. They do. But they're on better than last year. Had them as an F at the end of the year. We had our, if we had grades at the end of the year. Yeah, they're better. They're they're better than last year. Maybe we can move it up from C minus to maybe a B plus or something this year. What grade do you give the defensive line? B minus. I thought the sack totals were tremendously better this year. I mean, that's probably the area the Vikings improved the most out of every area of their team. Um, And they did a lot of that without Hunter or Sack Daddy Griff. I mean, James Lynch, Wanham, Watts, all those guys teamed up to pressure the quarterback. The sack numbers were doubled. And Willikus, that last week with Will, and even the whole season with Willikus. I probably should have gave him a better grade than B minus, but I went with B minus. Well, so here's what this is right now. I'm the teacher getting ready to hand out a grade, and you, the student, just came up to me and persuaded me why you should, why I should make your grade higher. So I'm going to bump the Vikings up to a C from what I had written down. I'm actually going to go with, with when you consider the guys that when they lost Daniel Hunter and they lost Everson Griffin and some of those younger guys stepped up. They were still bad against the run. There's th- that that is something, especially on the edge. They could not seal off the edge this year to save their life. Right. I'm going to change what I, I had as my initial grade. I'm I'm going to give them a C. They they got room room to grow. All right, linebackers. I'm giving them a D. I was not really overall impressed with the linebacker play this year. I thought Eric Kendricks was okay at times. Anthony Barr improved towards the end of the year. Nick Vigil was good at first. Blake Lynch kind of stood out, but overall. When you look at the overall Vikings defense and their run game, and that's the unit that is supposed to stop the guys from getting extra yards. They had so many missed tackles this year. I, I gave them a D. I gave them a C minus, which was, hmm, it was tough for me not to give them anything lower than that. But I thought they held it together pretty well, not having Barr in there. I mean, they were pretty skeleton mode all season. Yeah. Yeah, like Lynch kind of came out at the end. I thought Vigil played well the whole season. I thought. He was one of the bright spots to have on defense. You know what, Ted? I'm going to stick to what we're going to talk about this a lot going up to April. This is why I think we need to draft a playmaking linebacker in either the first round or the second round. This is the re- We need that on this team. Yeah, I think so, too. They need a dynamic player over there. No, no I'm not ripping on Vigil and all that. Maybe Surratt will be something next year. But 
overall, I mean, watch what Nicobe Dean does for Georgia. Imagine that guy <laughs> playing for the Vikings. Woo! Secondary. What would you give the secondary grade this year? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I gave him an F, Ted. Yeah, me too. Coaching. <laughs> F. I gave him another. I gave him an F on that too. I gave Mike Zimmer an F. The end result, the end day, he was fired. And you're going to like, and a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, he, the Vikings won eight, nine, and they won eight games this year. And I would argue that the Minnesota Vikings won eight games in spite of Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff, not because of Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff. This was a team that was set up to win more games. You know, the expectation was the playoffs and not, not a seven seed and one and done bounce. This team right. was expected to at least maybe even have host a home playoff game. And that they didn't even sniff that this year, much less. They didn't even sniff the playoffs, much less a home playoff game. So F. F for that. Oh, crap. We skipped special teams. Uh, special teams. What do you give special teams? I'm actually giving the special teams my only other A. I give an A to the receivers. I give an A minus to the special teams because of how much improvement they had from 2020 to 2021. I think this team still is in dire need of a punt returner. You need a punt returner that at least has a tiny bit of value of getting some yeah. chunk yards. Yep. You need a threat at punt returner. But other than that, they improved the twice as many made field goals from 2020 to this year. They didn't allow a run back for a touchdown, either a kickoff or a punt return. Wang Wu ran a couple back. I gave him an A minus, and I had I had special teams at F last year, so that's actually my biggest uh, part of the team that improved the most. Yep, I, I I give him that as well. I gave the I gave the special teams an A minus, the exact same grade. I, I like Greg Joseph. I like Wang Wu. I think he's going to be a, a really long term threat as a kick returner. The coverage units were better. Jordan Berry was a good punter. Greg Joseph is a good kicker. That long national nightmare might finally be over. Is Ficken going to get fired? We could talk about that real quick. If, if I'm the new coach, I would look seriously at keeping Keenan McCardell and Ryan Ficken. No, nobody else. Everybody says, we got to keep Andre Patterson. No, you don't. I do believe in staff continuity, but I also believe that, that those guys, Ficken and McCardell, had the best performances of position coaches, and they have the least time under Mike Zimmer. It's kind of hard to call Ficken in there for his job eval and say you did a lousy job. Yeah. And besides, I want to keep saying it's the Ficken Catalina wine mixer. That's a great joke. That was like episode three. I know. And here we are at episode 49. All right. So I gave I gave intangibles an F. That's our last category. I did too. Uh, I gave an F. There was just nothing going into the game on a consistent basis. The Vikings had a clear advantage. Over another team, and I don't, I didn't think they didn't take advantage of any of the, the deficiencies okay. of the other team. Yeah, the that's Bears fair. had the Bears had the practice squad secondary in there, didn't mm -hmm. take advantage of it. We mm -hmm. let Cooper Rush beat us, didn't take yeah. advantage of it. Nope. In all, they were so limited and non creative that they don't get a check, they don't get any kind of grade for intangibles. They were the most uncreative team in football I watched this season. That's got to change. F. I, I agree. All right. You know what F stands for? Failure. Fire Zimmer. Fire Spielman. All right, so, Drew, this is this has been an emotional week. Yes. For the Vikings. It's been, in a lot of ways, sad. It's the end of an era, and, it, and we have to say goodbye to some people that, that, that we've known for a long time. And we're not talking about Mike Zimmer or Rick Spielman. We're talking about our, our big board. Drew? Bye, big board. We got to say goodbye to our big board. Hang on, the control room, they say they've got they got Robert W. Farnsworth. He's got a couple things he wants to say to say goodbye to the season. Let's get the link up and, and we'll get Farnsworth on. Hello, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. We say goodbye. And you, 
farewell and adios to the big board of Vikings report. What will it do all winter? We don't know. All we know is that we'll be back. At least we hope so. When time for the 2022 season. Will it? Won't it? We'll find out. All right. Thank you, Robert. So our last segment, we're not doing trivia this week. We're giving tunes as a break. It's the playoffs this week, and unfortunately, the Vikings aren't in it. We got two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and for the first time ever, we have a playoff game on Monday night football. So it's going to be a wild weekend of NFL playoffs. What we did last year was like our, our very first show. We started doing these playoff picks. We had a little contest, and we, we had a little friendly wager. I don't know if we decided we're going to do a friendly wager, but we're just going to kind of see who won. I, I, I believe I won the playoff picks last year, didn't I? You won in the last of the Super Bowl. Remember, we're yeah. all the way down to the Super Bowl, the last yeah. game of the season. So we're doing this again. We've got me and, and Drew and Tunes is playing as well. We're going to give you our playoff picks. We're not picking against a spread. We're just giving you straight-up winners. The Saturday game is Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. Drew, who do you got? Bengals. I have the Bengals as well. Tunes? I'm going to take the Bengals. You're okay. taking the Bengals, so it's I think it's a clean sweep for Cincinnati. The other Saturday game is the New England Patriots back in the playoffs at Buffalo to face the AFC East champion Buffalo Bills. I'm picking Buffalo on this one. Drew, who do you got? I'm taking Buffalo. Ruby, who you got? Yeah, I have Buffalo too. We've got three playoff games on Sunday. The first one is Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Ruby, who are you picking in that game? I'm going with Tampa Bay. Drew? Buccaneers. Me too. The second game, San Francisco at Dallas. Drew, who you got in that one? I'm going 49ers. Are you really? Yes, I am. I could see that happening. I'm I'm picking Dallas. I, I think they'll be a little bit better and they got the home, they got the home field. Ruby, who do you have? But I could see that happening. Drew stole my pick there. I'm going with the 49ers. <laughs> okay. And I told him that before. So he's <laughs> he stole it. Drew only gets half a point if if this upset goes and Ruby gets the whole point. Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Ruby, who you got for that game? Kansas City, by far. Kansas City. I, yeah, I think Kansas City's going to win that game. This is going to be the Ben Roethlisberger retirement party. This is going yeah. They're going to get run out of the stadium, the Steelers are. The Monday night playoff game. I, I've got – this is my upset. I've got Arizona beating the Rams. Drew, who do you got? Rams. Rams. Ruby? I've got Arizona also. Ooh, Ooh. Ruby's, got, Ruby's got two upsets going this week. i got a standalone on that. All right, so that's our playoff picks. Let us know what you think. We're not really running a contest. We're just sort of doing this for fun. Let us know who you think's got the better picks this weekend in the comments if you'd like to. Let us know in the comments who you think is, is going to win these playoff games. And that, I think, should about do it for this week. We, we talked about a lot of stuff tonight, and there's a lot more coming. You could tell we were kind of fired up. We were kind of animated. And that's because, look, man, there's, there's, there's hope for the first time. This malaise, this gloom that you call, so called it through is, is, seems to be swept away, and there's there's – Hope for a, a better future for the Vikings and maybe maybe an upward trajectory back to the top of the NFL that, that we hope a new GM and, and, and coach can bring us. So You know why it's exciting is all of us have been saying for two years, look at all this firepower and you're sitting on it. We're hoping the new regime comes in and unleashes it. That's yeah. why it's exciting. Yeah. So stay with us this offseason. We got a lot coming. We, we got a lot to talk about. Free agency, veterans we hit on a little bit. New coach, new GM. What are the Vikings going to look like? We got the draft coming up. We're going to be doing our draft profiles by position like we did last year. Action-packed off-season here at Vikings Report. Yes. Instead. Thank you for those of you that have been with us since the beginning, stuck with us through the regular season. We've got some more live watch parties coming. We're going to do the draft night. We're going to start doing live call-in shows. We'll advertise that and let you know when we're going to start doing that. If you're new to the show, 
Thanks for joining us. I hope you stick around. Trooster, take us home. Mow, mow, mow. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for episode 49 being here. Like and subscribe to the show. I would appreciate that. Congrats again to our contest winners. You stuck with us for all those months, getting your picks in there every week, and I appreciate not only people who won, but the people who played along. It was really, it was, it was really cool, and I we appreciate it here at Vikings Report. We got a lot in store coming up. Most of all, I want to thank you, Ted, for being the best host in the business. So we'll see you guys on the flip flop. And say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Check you later, Ed Marinero. Dude. <laughs>